0: The table is where life happens. It's where imagination runs wild. Where lessons are learned. And wonders are built. The table is where time can stop. Where wounds are comforted. and freedom begins. It's where we find peace. (laughs) And we laugh till it hurts. The table is where we gather with family, new and old, to share stories to nourish our bodies, to enrich our souls. The table is where we give thanks and where we remember what great gifts we have been given.
1: You know, think about that the amazing gifts that we've been given. When I think about the past few days, there's words that come to my mind. Words like amazing, awesome, fun. Words that are even hard to even use to describe some of the emotions that I've been experiencing the past few days. This, this Thanksgiving was different. I don't know if you can relate to that, but for me, it was, it was different. I don't know if it's different in the fact of, like, we still had turkey, we still had ham, like, we still had those things, like, it was still amazing food. In fact, man, we had uh, John and Renee Weedmeyer, uh, gave us one of their turkeys um, that they had raised on the farm or whatever. That, that was the biggest turkey I've ever seen. Like, it was, I, felt like, I felt like it was sticking me in a pot and trying to cram me in the oven. Like, it was humongous, but it was so, so, so good. And, and I don't think it was just because the turkey turned out so amazing. I don't think it was because my wife got the these ham that we love so much that has the brown sugar glaze on it that you have to buy it before the holidays because if not, they sell out. And this year, she was on top of her game and she got the ham. I don't think it's because of the amazing side dishes that my mom made and I don't think it was just even because my sister is here and my brother-in-law was here it just seemed different. You know, I still watched the Macy's Day Parade, but this time I actually watched it. Like I was actually engaged in it, I was actually involved in it, and as I was reflecting on what would make Thanksgiving so different, I had this thought. And then I thought, no way, it can't be that simple, it really, it can't be that simple, and and then I still began to process through it and realize that maybe it could be as simple as not getting the paper on Thanksgiving. Now, you may not understand this, but for me and my house, we shall read the paper on Thanksgiving. Not because we're looking for the ad, or not because we're looking for all the, the great articles, we're looking for the ads. And what normally happens in our home every Thanksgiving, for as long as I can remember, is one of us would get the Thanksgiving Day paper that is like really thick. If you've ever gotten it, it's really thick because it's crammed full of ads. Best Buy and all these places around Adrian that we don't have, right? Like they're all crammed inside of there and you're like, just reminds you of where you live. And it's like, ah! But this year, we didn't get a paper, and it's the first time that I can think of that I have not gotten a paper on Thanksgiving. There's some Thanksgivings where I would forget and I would literally go out and go to get the paper. But you can't just go get an oral, it's like a buck fifty or something, you know, cause it's the Thanksgiving paper. And then I began to realize, this Thanksgiving I wasn't busily searching through ads looking at all the things I wanted to buy. This year I wasn't enthralled with those while trying to watch the Macy's Day Parade, but on my laptop looking for all the Black Friday deals that start on Thursday. This Thanksgiving was different because my focus was different. You see, this Thanksgiving, prior to any of that ever even starting, Kosh and I had made our minds up that we are going to get out of debt. Like, we're going to go all in. Our goal is to go all in, get completely out of debt. I'm looking forward to the day where I will stand in front of you and I will say, my house is paid off. Like, that's what I'm talking about, getting out of debt type thing. Some of you may say, man, you're going to lose your tax benefit, but I won't have a payment. You can keep your tax benefit. I don't want to have a house payment. But here's what I'll tell you it was different because I think my focus was different. You see, Kasha and I have decided to go on a journey to financial freedom. And we're all in, our attention is there. And so when it came to spending money on Black Friday, guess what? I wasn't going to. Yeah, I know there were deals. In fact, my son Josiah was driving me crazy. Grandma Sue gave him $50. $50 in the pocket of a 12 year old boy is not good. Because all of a sudden now he had the resources that he wanted. In fact, last night we went to TJ Maxx, or not TJ Maxx, we went to Marshall's here in town. We go into Marshalls and he's looking around. He, he finds a sweatshirt and a t-shirt that he really wants. I'm picking on you, Josiah. Yeah, you're 13, yeah. Touche. You did turn 13. He's not 12 anymore. Good job, Josiah. So this will be paybacks for that. So, <laughs> so we go in, and he has been telling us the whole time he wants a Nintendo Switch video game. That's what he's been saying the whole time. So now we're in, in there, and we say, "Listen, Josiah, you shouldn't get those things because you're gonna want to get a Nintendo Switch game. That's what you've been saying the whole time." He's like, "Oh no, Dad, no, I want this, and I want it now." So what does he do? He buys it, and then we walk over to GameStop. He walks back over to Marshall's, and what does he do? He goes to return the things he just bought. But he doesn't have my card, so then he has to walk all the way back to GameStop, say, Dad, I need your card because they need to be able to put it back. in. Okay, he walks all the way back over there, returns it, walks back to GameStop, and then doesn't buy the game because he still doesn't have enough money. (laughs) See, we can get so focused on the stuff that we forget the stuff. Man, I had a great time having my sister and my brother-in-law in in town and and just being able to sit around and talk and play games and and hang out really just was freeing. By definition, freedom means the quality or state of being free, the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in the choice or action. And think about that. Because my focus this year was different, because my focus was not on stuff, it wasn't on all those things, getting all the good deals – there was, there was an absence of the necessity for constraint of choice or action. There, Like there was no one who was vying for my time. No one trying to grab my attention, even though my son was trying to. He was 13 years old. He's trying, he's like, come on, Dad. And, and there was a few times where he's like, come on, Dad, he, just look. And so I got on my phone and was looking, and all of a sudden I realized I start getting into that mode where I'm flicking through Amazon on my phone and going through all the prime deals and looking at things and going, oh, I need that. And I need, And then, wait a minute, stop. Because I chose to be free. See, our table was packed this year, and it was literally packed at my mom's house. We were all gathered around. Even my my um, nieces and nephews were all there, and my, my brother Michael, his kids were there, and they were all sick. And even in that, little Emberlyn, our joyous little girl, she's running around everywhere, and she'll come up to you, and her face is literally shining like water. Not because she got in water, but because she went like this. I mean, like seriously, like that all over. And then she would come up and she would try to hug you and love on you. And it's like the germs are going around the house. Even in the midst of all of that, right? Even in the midst of all the craziness in the midst of all that, I could tell you that there was something different. So here's just a quick question. How was your table this year? How how was it around your table this year? How was it this Thanksgiving around your table? What was it like? Did, did you have family? Did you, did you not have family? Did, did you sit around and talk about stuff? Did, what was the focus of your table this year? This book uh, by Barry Cameron, the ABCs of Financial Freedom, he says this. Um, is a quote from John Maxwell. He says, here's the bottom line. God says, you give me everything, and I'll take care of you. Or you keep it all, and take care of yourself. When I read that, I was thinking about Thanksgiving, and I was thinking about us gathered around the table, and I was thinking about, when my mom asked us all to be involved in Thanksgiving, she has us all bring certain things. We all have a responsibility to bring to the table for all of us do so, so we, we were making fun of my my youngest brother Tim because he went to Whole Foods and got got fruit and the fruit was like fourteen dollars for this little cup of fruit and we were like that's Whole Foods for you right there. Whole foods, whole prices, you know, like we were sitting there and thinking about it, but that's what he brought to the table, and it was great. It was great fruit. We brought the ham. All all of us brought different things to the table because we all got to enjoy with it. Now think about the Lord. You and I have this opportunity to bring to the table, to the house of God, and that's what we were talking about last week, we were talking about the tithe, and how we have the opportunity to give to the Lord, and give cheerfully to the Lord, and I've been so excited to hear people taking steps in that walk, in their walk with God, because what I believe will happen is that when you say God, it's everything is yours, then he begins to just open up the floodhouses of heaven upon you, he just starts pouring out into your life, and all of a sudden you're experiencing blessing after blessing after blessing in your life, Because why? Because God says, I'll take care of everything. But when you and I try to take care of things ourselves, in many ways it's, well, it becomes an irony, doesn't it? Because we spend our lives going after money and things, thinking that it'll somehow make us happy, but yet those things don't make us happy. It really is a relationship with the Lord that gives us this this attitude to say, God, everything is yours. Billy Graham once said this. He said, if a person gets his attitude toward money straight, it will straighten him out almost every other area of his life. So we've been talking about it. What's your attitude towards money? We talked about, are you in bondage? Are you in debt? Or do you find yourselves in bondage? We talked about having a choice, and, and what, have you, what are you doing with that choice? If I was to continue going on, I could I could give you more. I could give you others that you could could use. You know, the, it's not just the ABCs we could talk about D. We could say it's deciding. E would be encourage. F could be fund. Funding the dreams that God's placed in your life. G could be going after those dreams. H could be hope. I mean the list could go on and on of things that you and I could. Fill in the blank if we would walk out this financial freedom in our lives. But what will happen every time is that you and I will be faced with a choice. In the midst of that choice, we will have to decide. You'll have decisions to make. You've already had decisions to make, many of you, since you even started this journey. I know I have. We have had many decisions already. When our van died the next day, like literally the day that I started preaching and on giving and everything. But God has just continuously taken care of us. Why? Because we have been following him faithfully throughout it. And guess what? Even if things don't get taken care of, that doesn't change who God is. Some of you may need to hear that. Listen. I know we love to paint the picture of everything going great and man, you start tithing and all of a sudden you get the promotion and we've shared some of those. But I can tell you, I know people who have started tithing and all of a sudden their car breaks down. And all of a sudden they're being put to the test themselves. Now it doesn't change the fact that God's promises will still play on your life. He still will bless you. He still will see you through that moment. But it's not like everything's just peachy keen, and I don't want to paint that picture because it's not always that way. We live in a fallen world. Luke chapter 16, verse 13 is going to be the passage of Scripture. We'll kind of stay in for a bunch today. It says this. No servant can serve two masters. It's interesting because prior to this, Jesus is sharing, he's talking about this idea of money. He's talking about this idea of of you and I not being able to serve two masters. He goes on to say, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he makes a statement. He says, you cannot serve God and money. So we're faced with a decision. A decision that you and I will always have to face in our lives. And the decision really boils down to this. It's three areas of decision that you are going to have to face in your life on the road to financial freedom. The first is this. You're going to have to make a decision with your time. With your time. You know, this is the one commodity that you and I have that we can't produce more of. Ever thought of that? You can't produce more time in your life. You have so much time, every day you're given 24 hours. You can't say, well tomorrow, I want to have 25 hours. Doesn't work that way. Tomorrow you will have 24 hours. You can say all day long, I want more hours. You cannot get more hours. Your time is the one thing that you only have so much. And what you do with your time really matters. Ever found yourself scrolling through Facebook and realize you wasted an hour of your time? Some of us. Some of you are like, that's why I don't have Facebook. I know. What do you do with your time? What do you do with the time that God has given you? What are are you doing with the time that that every day you have 24 hours that you get to choose how you spend that time? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says this. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Now when this was written, the days were evil. How many of you would say it seems like the days have gotten a little bit eviler? how much more so would it be for you and I to invest our time correctly? He goes on to say, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Listen, God has a plan and purpose for your time even. It's not just your money, it's your time. You get to decide what you'll do with your time. If you're constantly spending your time trying to get more money, trying to get things around you, if you're constantly putting that as the focus, then what happens is, is that eventually becomes where your treasure is. And we'll talk about that here in a moment. But this Christmas season, how we spend our time matters. Today on your seats when you came in, there was a, a Christmas schedule on your seats. And the reason why we gave that to you is because we want you to see the things that are going on here at Bethany this Christmas season. Why, because we value your time. We think your time is important. We think that Bethany is a great place for you to invest your time this Christmas season. I know some of you don't come on Wednesday nights and I can tell you our Christmas party on Wednesday night will be awesome. You won't wanna miss it. We'll be right in here in the sanctuary. It'll be a great, great time. You'll, You'll probably meet people that you've never met because they come to second gathering and you only come to first. What you do with your time matters. Michael Hyatt is an amazing leader that I've followed for quite some time, but my brother-in-law is an avid, avid Michael Hyatt fan. And Andy and I have been talking a bunch this week about just time management, talking about a lot of different principles there, and he is like a wealth of knowledge. So if you, if you want like, to learn about time management or anything like that, grab him before he gets on the road and drives back to Pennsylvania today. <laughs> because one of the things that Andy is always encouraging me with, he's like, listen, you should have an ideal work week. You should always have an ideal work week of what, what your ideal work week looks like. Do you have an ideal work week? Some of you are like, yeah, it would be vacation. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about productivity. Like, what is your ideal work week for you? Now, some of you don't even know where to even start in there, and so I would encourage go out and read some of Michael Hyatt's stuff out there. Begin to really take focus in on your time. Begin to really look at it. Michael Hyatt said this: most people spend more time planning a one-week vacation than they spend planning their life. Think about that for a minute. People will spend more time on a one-week vacation than they will in planning their whole life. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with the time that God's given you the investment? Some of you are like, well I'm retired right now. Then what are you doing with that time? You've got even more time it seems like. Now some of you are retired but you're really not retired because you filled it with other things. I understand that. But what are you doing with the time that God has given you? So here's the question, what will you decide to do with your time. Are you being intentional with it? You only have 24 hours. You only have a certain amount that God's given you. Can't get any more of it. What are you doing with your time? The next area of decision is this is what are you doing with your talents? And you may say Pastor Brian like what does time and talents have to do with financial freedom? It has everything to do with financial freedom because the things that you spend your time on are gonna put you either on a road to financial freedom or a road away from financial freedom. If all you ever do is spend time on your hobbies, even though you're really talented in it, guess what that's gonna do? That's gonna require more money, it's gonna require more focus, it's gonna require more of your time, the very thing you only have a little bit of. Make a decision with your talents. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. And then he says this, Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things that God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. Your talents. At the first of next year, I'll be sharing my heart for Bethany and really what I see, the vision and values of Bethany and where we're going in the future and what 2018 is going to look like and even beyond that. And here's what I have realized and come to realize throughout even this year and as we've been really preparing for these moments, is that your talents matter. Your story matters. The gifts God's given you matter. The dreams he's given to you matter. The things that God has been equipping and placing inside of you matter. Why? Because God has a plan and purpose for us even collectively. A few Wednesday nights ago, we were in here praying. We've been praying on Wednesday nights, praying for the gatherings, praying for what God's doing throughout our community, praying for other churches, praying for our missionaries. Man, we've been just praying. And two Wednesday nights ago, we were in here and, and I had everyone walking around the room, and we're praying all around the room, and I said, if God gives you a word, if God gives you a phrase, something like that, then I want you, I want you just to kind of tuck that away, and I'll come back to you, and I'll ask you for that. And so people were walking around praying, the music's playing, and, and then we had a moment where, where we began walking around, and just people would say their word, or the phrase that God was kind of speaking to them, they felt like corporately. And so I had Nicole, and she was over there writing all of them out, just writing what was being said, she She wrote them all out, and then at the end of that, after we kind of collected what we felt like God was saying, and basically I went back and I read this collective word over the church, and it was so powerful. It was so cool to see how God was literally speaking to us corporately, but each person individually. Like, each person just got one piece of it, but, but all of it put together, painted this incredible story that God was doing in our church and, and through our body. Why? Because God desires to use you individually in the midst of the big picture. Like, your talents matter to God. What God has placed in your heart matters to him. Like, he has a plan and purpose. He's trying to unfold this bigger picture. And guess what? You get to play a role in it. You get to be a part of it. No matter how old you are or how young you are, you get to play a part. You get to play a part in it. Your talents were never meant to be silenced. Listen, there's nowhere where we see in the scriptures, like, once you get to a certain age, you should just shut up. Once you get to a certain age, you should... Just stop using your talents. Once you get to a certain age, you're, you're done with it. You can just go live on a beach somewhere. doesn't say that anywhere. Like your talents still matter. Some of you, man, God has given you a talent for create creativeness. Like, like when you think of the creative arts. And I think about storytelling, I think about video, I think about drama, I think about songwriting, I think about painting, visual arts, lighting, all these different things. Those are just some of the things we use here, but but we desire to start seeing those being used out in our community. What if when the art show actually came around instead of seeing a bunch of other people who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ painting things that aren't glorifying to Christ? What if we actually developed a culture of artists who were actually painting things that glorified Christ that that people would begin to be drawn to and stuff like that? Come on, listen. We should be the most creative people on the planet. We get to serve the God who created all of it. We have a relationship with the God who created all of it. You and I should be the most creative people ever. We should be producing the great movies. We should be producing the great clips on the internet. I don't even know why I had a hard time thinking of that. but like We should be the creative ones. Think about some of you who God has given you a talent to connect with our kids and our students. There are some of you who connect with kids and students in ways that, that other people around you can't. You have a knack for it started realizing how, as I've gotten a little bit older, it's harder for me to be around little kids when my little nephew was, was crying. And my, I uh, just, oh, it was just so loud in the house. And I'm like, am I getting this old? I'm not even 40 yet. So I tried going upstairs to get away from everything. And so I'm up there and it's Kasha and I and Annie and Christine. We're upstairs and we're we're kind of disengaged from it when I mean, we're engaged with each other, but and then all of a sudden, all the party that was downstairs comes upstairs, and it's like, oh my goodness! But there are some of you, man, who God has really called to work with our kids and our students. You're fantastic at using your talents to connect with kids, to, to have conversations, maybe even use you know, speak a message, do an object lesson. Uh, help lead them and worship all these different things some of you god's called into hospitality man like you are the great greatest servers we know like you're the greatest smilers we know you're the greatest at serving coffee at setting the environment all the things that need to happen to create the hospitality some of you like that's what you do we don't want people serving here at the doors and and welcoming people who are like welcome to bethany No, we want people who are like like smiles, like all good. And listen, if you don't have all your teeth, that's fine. Just smile. (laughs) Just smile. Like that's what we love. Like people who are welcoming, people who are hospitable. Some of you, God has given you a talent for building and trades. Man, there are so many things around this building. Listen, this is a fantastic building. I'm glad that it's paid off. But this is an old building that needs a lot of work. There's a lot of updating and things. We need guys who have the trades and gals. Like, hey, if you know how to swing a hammer, like, we need you. Like, we need people with those type of talents from lighting projects to flooring projects to wood walls to, to new th- coffee stations to, to new areas where we're putting in. I mean, just so, there's just so many different things that we're working on. And as we've been updating our facility, here's what I've realized. I'm a church planner by heart. Now that may not mean a lot to some of you, but what that means to me is this. Is that the days when we church planted, when Kosh and I first planted, we did everything. Like I would get down there and if something needed, like a toilet needed to be cleaned, I will clean the toilet. If something needs to be picked up trash-wise, I'll pick it up. If a hammer needs to be swung, I'll swing it. If electrical needs to be done, I'll figure it out. If plumbing needs, I mean like I will figure it out. I've driven fork forklift trucks I've installed HVAC like I have done it all and if I don't know how to do it I google it because that's my generation I'll figure it out but here's what I've come to realize is I can't do it on my own I need your talent I need your gifts because what happens is is when I'm doing those things there are certain things that only I can do that I can't do then So if I was to say to most of you, hey, I need you to preach next Sunday, most of you would be like, no way. Some of you would be like, okay, no big deal, and we don't want you preaching. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) We're okay with that. But for the most part, most of you would say, man, I can't do this moment right here, most of us. So... So when I'm doing all these other things around the building, hanging pictures, doing all these things, that's keeping me from things that only I can do. But that's because we have to make a decision of what we're going to do with our talents. We need you. This community needs you. We need the talents that God has given you. We need the, the, not only the talents, but we also need your treasures. So here's the question I have for you. Before we get to that. What will you decide to do with your talents? What will you decide to do with the very thing that God has entrusted and given to you? The next is your treasures. If I was to look at your bank account, it would tell us a lot about where your treasures are. Because where you spend your money decides a lot of where your treasures is. If we were to look at some of your bank accounts, we would see that one of the places you treasure, like our home, we treasure Aldi's. I like to eat. That's where we spend a lot of money, is at Aldi's, is it not, Kasha? Aldi's is the place we spend a lot of money. The other day I went in there, Kasha gave me a list. She said, Brian, get these five things, that's it. I came out with six. Because I went by the dark chocolate, covered, you know, like sea salt caramel things that, that all these. come on now. I knew I'd get all the ladies on that one. Dark chocolate, sea salt, caramels, and I had to buy them. So I'm literally walking through with all these things, and that one thing was like almost too much, but I got it. Two gallons of milk. Man, where can you get milk for 99 cents? these. They should pay me money for this because Aldi's is fantastic. It's a great place if you have a growing family. It's a great place if you're on a budget. All these. We love all these. Some of you, some of you would say Cabela's. Oh, come on. How many, how many of you have gotten a deer this season? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, this is your moment to be proud. You've, like, what? One? You've got one hunter in this whole entire body? Are you serious? Okay, okay, there's another one. All right. The other ones are out. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Good point. They got theirs. They're out trying to get theirs. All right. Gotcha. Touche. Where's your treasure? I I would hope to say along the lines when we were going through your checkbook or through your bank account that eventually it would show that, that you put some treasure in the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 says this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, I, I want us to experience true freedom. And true freedom, I believe, happens when you and I actually walk out obedience to the scriptures where we say, God, I'm gonna put my treasure in you. I'm gonna put my treasure in the things of you, not in the things of this world. Because if you don't, and this is what's crazy, if your treasure, where you put your treasure is out of whack, then guess what will happen? Then your time will be out of whack. Your talents will be out of whack. Everything gets out of whack because where your treasure is, there your heart also goes. So your heart will go towards those things. So if you put your treasure in the things of this if it's all about, I'm not against hobbies, okay? So please don't hear that in this moment. But if that is the only place that you put your treasure in, guess what? That will be where all your time will go and that will be where all your talents will go. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is. So six practical steps to freedom and I'm gonna give them to you quick so you got to write them fast because they're very self-explanatory the first is this trust God trust God number two tithe follow the biblical principle of tithing number three develop a budget Put a budget together. Know where your money's going. Number four, cut spending. I mean, these are so simple, but if you'll follow them, they'll put you on the road to financial freedom. Number five, stick to the budget. (laughs) Stick to the budget. That's probably a hard one. Stick to it. We went out to the movies yesterday. And I know what we have budgeted. We have every penny accounted for, and we spent like $80 yesterday with popcorn and movies and all that kind of stuff at, at the thing. And I'm literally thinking in my mind, well, my mom gave me 50 bucks for Christmas. I guess that's where 50 of it's going. But I'm thinking, where's the other 30 going? And I'm like, well, Kasha got 52, so that means she's going to put $30 in, and we've got it paid for. Because Why? We've got to stick to the budget. Number six, save. Save. Save for your future. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says this, Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you, we can boldly quote God is there ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what can get to me? So here's the question. What will you decide to do with your treasure? See, this Christmas season that we're getting ready to come into is all about celebrating a God who gave everything. He gave his one and only son for you and I. The greatest gift that mankind could ever experience is the gift of Jesus Christ, freedom from sin, personal relationship with God. He gave his son to die on the cross so that you and I could have our past sins forgiven, we could have purpose for living, we could have a home in heaven. Jesus is the original Christmas gift that was given to each and every one of us. And nothing characterizes the Christmas season like the generosity of a God who, who literally left heaven and came to earth to be among man. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You and I have been given the greatest gift. But the question comes back to what will you do with your time? What will you do with your talents? What will you do with your treasures? What will you decide to do with those things? Because the road to financial freedom is right in front of you. You can walk down that road, you can experience it. You can experience the freedom that God has. You can experience freedom from bondage. You can have your attitude towards money be the right thing. You can begin to go after God and say, God, I'm gonna give you every piece of it. I'm gonna give you everything, because it's all yours. And then what will happen is like Acts 15, 11 says, we are saved because the master Jesus amazingly and out of sheer generosity moved to save us. God moved to save you and to save me. See, generosity is giving that makes us feel good. And we're coming into a time where where generosity should be a part of our lives. But what I know about generosity is generosity is measured not by how much we give, but how much it costs. Think about this statement right here and think about the generosity that God gave you and gave me. It's not measured by how much we give, but it's actually measured by how much it costs us. Listen, I understand that going on the road to financial freedom is gonna cost something. It's gonna cost. But the question is, is if you'll take a hold of your time, you'll take a hold of your talents, you'll take a hold of your treasures and you'll decide what you're gonna do with those three things, could it be that this Christmas season could be different? A simple thing for me at Thanksgiving that honestly made Thanksgiving better was not having a stupid paper by not going into this mindset of, oh, I gotta have, I gotta have, I gotta have. By literally laying that aside, it made Thanksgiving completely different. What could your Christmas season be like as you're walking into that? If you would walk in it with financial freedom, if you would say, man, I'm gonna gonna really know and decide what I'm gonna do with my time. I'm really gonna decide what I'm gonna do with my talents. I'm really gonna decide what I'm gonna do with my treasures. What could happen if you and I live generous lives? What could happen if you and I actually said to our community, we're not here to take from you, we're actually here to give to you? That's the generosity that was modeled for us when Jesus died on the cross so you and I could have freedom. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes across the room today. I recognize that in this room our people at various stages in your walk with God and today our hope and desire is that you would just take one step closer to him That today you step take one step closer in your marriage one step closer in your relationship with your children one step closer in your relationship with God maybe today you haven't taken that step of surrendering to God of saying Jesus be Lord of my life be my best friend And right now, you recognize the generosity of the gift that God has given you. He literally gave his son to you and I so that we could have freedom from sin. The word of God tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that's you, me, each and every one of us. We've all failed. We've all faltered. But in the midst of that moment, Jesus made it possible for you and I to experience freedom, freedom from sin. And he's reaching out to you right now with a free gift. And he's saying, "Will you accept it. I gave myself so you could have freedom, freedom from sin. So if today, if that's you, I just want to encourage you to just right now where you're seated, or seated just to say to the Lord, God, would you forgive me? Would you change my life? Would you meet me right where I'm at? I need you. Maybe in this room today, you're someone who has already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but... There's a moment right now in your seat where you need to just say, man, God, would you help me? Help me as I'm deciding what to do with my time. Help me when I'm deciding what to do with my talents. Help me when I'm trying to decide what to do with my treasures. Father, I need your help. Father, each and every one of us in this room here today, God, whether they're in the room or whether they're watching online, God, I pray, God, that you would help us, God, be people who would truly decide and value what we're gonna do with our time, our talents, and our treasure. Father, that as we are on this journey to financial freedom, God, that you'll give us the strength that we need to stick to it. Give us the strength that we need to be generous towards others. God, be with us in the midst of this holiday season, in the midst of this Christmas season. Be here with us, guiding us and directing us, I pray. In Jesus' name.